Hit and record. Um, no. Ah, much better. Now, get ready for an uncivilized discussion about faith. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Barbarian, Barbarian Prophet. Oh, talk now. All right. Well, and this is where we're all launching again, folks. We've been sitting dormant on top of some great mountaintop in the Rocky Mountains, but it finally got cold enough after things started to go away from COVID. I had to hide from everybody that was in the Democratic Party because them people are just kind of dipshits. Let's just really get right down to it. But finally, I came down out of the mountains and stepped into a church, and I'm trying to clean up my mouth and trying to clean up my language. But today, I am joined by none other than my awesome nephew... Tyler and uh, my best buddy over here, Cody, and we are going to jump off on doing the first recording of the Barbarian Prophet that we've done like in two years. I mean, I know people were wondering where I was at, but the truth of where I was hiding was uh, not from any of this. It was just life kind of got shifted, changed, red beard moved, all these things kind of went nuts and crazy, and where we ended up is... We ended up with Tyler demanding that I come back on to the point where he showed up with a bunch of stinking equipment. So what happened there? Why did you show up with so much equipment? Why do you think I need to be back on the air? Because people need to hear your message. I think there's people that want to hear what you have to say. Right. Not me, but other people. Well, and I know. They, be, yeah, I know. And, and I, I'm so impressed that you stepped out and gave me a hand. And you're like, man, I don't know. Does anybody really listen to this guy? But, uh, you know, I do appreciate you, man, flying, you know, bringing everything all the way up yeah. here from Vegas. And uh, how are things going for you in that business? Going good, man. I'm busy. And just like you said, family life and just, just the world's busy. So I. I work all the time to have fun with the kids and just enjoying enjoying how things are going. But I figured I had to get you get set up with a podcast, so I took a weekend off so I could come up here and hook you up. Well, that's cool, man. And, you know, when we get things rolling like this, we never ever really know where this podcast is going to go. Cody, so how did I come across you? How did you end up being in the middle of all of this? Well, you preached at Prince of Peace Lutheran and... And they didn't set me on fire, so exactly. that's kind of cool. Yeah. Or or banish you. Yeah. No. Or float me out no into the ocean. No banishment, no excommunication. No, no. excommunicado. <laughs> Do they use a lot of Latin over there? I mean, what what really is the deal with Prince of Peace? How, how, long, have you, uh, how long have you been with them? I've been there with them for almost three years now because uh, I, I started going there when I moved up in june of 2020 so so do you think you've gotten smarter there uh, i definitely have learned a lot like um, what learned, learned a lot of what not to do yeah I, learned what or, to do <laughs> i mean i mean there's different levels of learning let's face it yeah uh some what not to do some uh this is just how we do things out in wyoming <laughs> Where, so where did you come from before you? <laughs> the more you know, the more you know. So so where did you? With that. Where did you move to Wyoming from? Because you said you came June of 2020. Yep. So during COVID, you decided <laughs> Wyoming seems completely 
legitimate. Let's go there. Yeah. So um, I got a job as a, no, no. Where did you come from? That's I came what from he, Nebraska. Nebraska. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. that that makes a lot of sense. They mowed they mowed down some of the corn, and he's like, "Oh, what's that place over there? <laughs> Wyoming." That's because you can see it from one end of the state to the other. It's <laughs> Nebraska, right? What no, are those cool. things in the distance? Those are the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> so you had a job and moved over here. That's good. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. I always wonder why people moved during COVID. It was either they wanted to leave. Like, well, if they were in Michigan, they were fleeing a crazy governor. Well, or California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, California. Well, it all depends on who you are. You could still get a haircut and stuff over there, according to Nancy Pelosi. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I know you may kill me, but cut my hair. Everything I own, including my beard, is illegal in California. What? <laughs> oh, man. That's, I that's, think my beard, my jacket, have, my pocket knife, everything I have is pretty much not legal. That's that's why I don't go there, man. That's a that's a dangerous place, California. Yeah, I know. I'm there once in a while, but not out of choice. It's well, out of and you're not very far from there. So like four let's hour get drive back to LA. Cody's story. So, yeah. Cody, Cody, fill us in. Why did you move to Wyoming? I mean, God bless you. Thanks for coming. I yeah, mean, I mean, the population was dwindling, and I'm glad you <laughs> absolutely. And not only that, the wind blows so hard. I'm impressed that you had a profile vehicle well enough to drive towards the state as opposed to blowing you power. to to Nebraska. Yeah, because most of our our bags from Walmart end up in Nebraska. Mm. Yeah. Yep. North Platte seems to own a lot of the bags and litter from from, from Cheyenne Tor- from Cheyenne and Torrington. Yeah. Oh yeah. So go ahead, we're yeah. listening. Yeah. So uh, I got a job as an admissions counselor, a remote admissions counselor, and uh, they moved me to for Wyoming. the college here. No, it was for Shadron State College actually. Okay. Yep. So they're based out of Shadron, Nebraska, and they wanted me to be a remote rep in the Wyoming area. Nice. So you could have picked anywhere and you picked Casper, or did they kind of tell you Casper's where you should be? No, I could have picked anywhere in Wyoming, but I picked Casper partly because, uh, from what I could tell at the time, it was the only place that had another North American Lutheran church, which is where I was going um, back home in Gothenburg, Nebraska. Okay. That makes sense. So let me ask you this. So why why did you want to be in a North American Lutheran church? So how many different kinds of Lutherans are there? Oh, there's way too many to count. <laughs> so let's just stick with top four. Okay, so top four we have... Well, we better go top five because I think we're in the top five. Okay, yeah. So uh, going from most conservative to most liberal... You have the Wisconsin uh, Evangelical Lutheran Synod. You or think Wells. they're the most most conservative? Well, they're definitely out there in their own like weeds. Push, yeah, push grandma off the yeah. cliff. People. So we just want to say to they're all the our, Wisconsin, of the- our Wisconsin listening Synod people, <laughs> that was Cody, not me. You can tune in next week. Cody won't be here. No, he won't be. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the Missouri Synod Lutheran Church um, or LCMS. Um, they you know, mean, those guys, they, they know everything. Yeah. They're pretty, they're pretty, uh, pretty on top of what they think is appropriate. They're the people that did this. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think so, man, because <laughs> no matter what I ever say to them, I'm wrong. So oh. it's mm-hmm. the more you need to know, Bert. The answer is never. Oh, do you hear me? What? Never ever. <laughs> why, why do we got to be this haters? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Go on. Now they now one of the things with them they both have closed communion. Yeah, 
And okay. meaning that when you go in there, you have to be a member of their church or uh, approved by their pastor in order to have participate. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and uh, that Missouri Saint is also home of the Lutheran Hour uh, radio show. So if you've ever heard that, that's where that comes from. And they they do set a lot of fundamental uh, status, and they and they have for a very long time mm-hmm. in in the Lutheran faith. They so, kind of dictate guidelines of well, how to. And they don't really dictate it. I mean, they've kind of set some standards that, that other people have definitely paid attention to and followed because it's, yeah, well, it makes because, sense because when they first kind of. Uh, got rolling. They were kind of the the standard in which everybody had set them. They were very close to the German Lutherans. Okay, yeah. And uh, the German Lutheran. I mean, when you really start taking a look at some of this in the old days, like in the eighteen hundreds, there was uh, there was German Lutherans, there was Finnish Lutherans, there was uh, uh, Norwegian Lutherans, and they definitely did their uh, own language. Okay. And there, and they were definitely had some of their own understandings of things, and uh, the Missouri Senate just kind of became that that tying back to uh, the German Lutheran situation. Okay. Yep. And so then you would have what I would consider to be the North American Lutheran Church, which would be the next in line, um, closely followed by the Lutheran Congregations and Mission for Christ. Um, and then those two uh, often complement each other. I feel like the North American Lutheran Church is a little bit more conservative in their uh, situation. Their ideologies, their beliefs. Yep. Okay. Um, and then, but the LCMC, Lutheran Congregations and Missions for Christ, they're like right there. So. Right. And the, in the situation with the LCMC is one reason that those two do complement each other very well is simply this, because they... When they come together, one is very focused on outreach. The other one is a lot more structured to help their congregation along. So let's say you got a problem with a pastor, et cetera. It doesn't become a whole church issue. They, they're able to reach out to some of the upper echelon and say, hey, tell us if this guy's telling us the right thing or not. Because mm-hmm. that doesn't sound right. I mean, I don't want to know why everybody's coming with no pants on to church, but this got to stop. <laughs> you know, it's got to stop. It's frowned upon. So yeah. yeah, we 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 need to pump the brakes here, um, and uh, but you know the one thing with uh, both the NALC and the LCMC is that uh, one thing that you'll learn dealing with Lutherans is it's all a giant uh, alphabet soup. Oh, they, yeah. they throw around letters like nobody's tomorrow halftime. You're like I don't even know what that means. Big okay. fans of acronyms over <clears throat> here. Oh, that they are. Yeah, man, <laughs> they they like actually the have a community. class on that. <laughs> Oh, really? No, they do. <laughs> On all the acronyms? Yeah. Oh, wow. So you can understand in how to get around in it. But, uh, you know, one of the things like what Cody was saying is that the NALC, they uh, there's only two of them in the state of Wyoming. Okay. And I'm running one, and the other one's run by a guy named Rob Carr. Okay. And um, Rob and I are very oddballs to the NALC, to say the very least. <laughs> in, a, Cody, in, a, in a good way? Well, I would hope so. And, and, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, we 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 bring a breath a, of fresh air, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we bring a few things to there. I mean, it's just like you and you were at church today. I don't stay in the pulpit and preach. Right. I mean, I move around and I introduce a Hebrew thought process as opposed to a Western Orthodox thought process a lot of times, and I don't always stick straight to script. I mean, a lot of the 
Lutheran pastors that I've seen, what they do is they uh, they have their stuff lined out, man. I mean, they do very good, and they have law and gospel and how this approach, and they, they like to bounce back and tie it back to the Concord and so on. But uh, I have a tendency to, when I step off of that stage, I'm speaking to you not as your pastor, but I'm speaking to you as a person who also is a disciple of Christ. Mm -hmm. So what I am doing in that moment is um, saying this is how this functions for us. And not just you and not just me, but for us as a society of Christians. Okay. And, you know, in today's world, uh, the Christians are being definitely separated out more and more. And we're seeing that even uh, with uh, in the Lutheran faith. And we'll stick to the Lutheran faith here for just a minute. And the last one is one called the ELCA. Yeah, and the ELCA is... Um, an acronym. An acronym <laughs> that stands for the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America. They are leaps and bounds more liberal than any of the other uh, Lutheran denominations. Um, so far that they almost cease to be Lutheran or Christian at all. So Right. Well, they, they have removed... Um, removed anything that would identify uh, the father and they have it at, they uh, have said it as the source. Uh, so they've, they've eliminated the gender. Yeah. Of, oh yeah. yeah, completely. They've, Oh, okay. Okay. Completely got rid of any gender pronouns at all. And I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the proxy here for the listener because okay. I, I'm not heavy in the church. Right. I don't. I don't know all this. Yeah, yeah. So and I'm learning it, and if and as, as a listener, talking, yeah. So I, you ask questions, man. That's right. what this is about. You need. No, it's to be cool because if a, if as a listener to this podcast, will be like, what are they talking about? I'm the listener <laughs> because this is all new information to me, and right. the fact the fact that you know it kind of blows my mind because obviously it's important to you guys, and you're in it. Where someone like myself who I don't go to church. Right. I've been to many churches in my day, in my 40-some years on the planet. Mm -hmm. But I don't go to church on right. a regular basis. Right. You know, I have kind of a really disconnected relationship with church in, in and of itself. Right. Right. Not, and not it, spirituality. No, no, man. I would I never consider that. myself an atheist. I'm more of like an agnostic. Like, Right. And, it, and I would say that about you, too. Well, and... and uh, you but this know, is interesting information for us. I guess what I'm saying. Right. I'm learning right. a lot about... The differences because you, you, when you're a kid, you think Lutheran's Lutheran, right? Oh, no, and, <laughs> no, no, and and but, but I'm just saying, I, yeah. I think most people, and I, I'm gonna say most people because I truly believe when someone says Lutheran, right? I, I don't know that there's anyone else goes, Well, I'm 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 this Lutheran, I'm not this Lutheran, right? Like, no one defines it that way, at least right. I've never heard it defined that way. Well, well and people they, that do that are Lutherans. Yeah, they do it when they're talking to another Lutheran. Yeah, I, yeah, I get yeah. that. But I mean, how does Joe Smo? Yeah, or Joe Schmo or whatever. I'm sorry, he's Jewish. He can't. Come. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, actually, he can come to your church because yeah, it's open. It's, it's an open denominational. We, like we have open communion. Correct. So he's yeah. more than welcome. Right. Absolutely. In the north, and, it's the north. It's North American Lutheran. Yeah. yeah. Okay. See, I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah. It's so <laughs> so here's part of the deal, man, is that what happens with these other, everybody uh, thinks that the big fallout and the big uh, separation uh, between the ELCA and the NALC, they think that the, the big thing was uh, based in the gender situation or the homosexual situation. Okay. And uh, yeah, that had a very small influence in a much bigger problem because it became more of 
that the people from my denomination anyway, well, I can't even say from my denomination, from the small group people that I have in my church, the separation became when it became so political Mm. and more about politics and less about Jesus Mm. and um, more about you have to accept this situation as opposed to, hey, let's continue to work with each other. Because here's Mm. the thing is people will ask, uh, if a gay person came to your church, Bert, can they take communion? And my question will be, uh, are they baptized? Have they been baptized? Do they believe Christ is alive in the communion? I, I have a different question. Why are they coming to your church to take communion if they don't already? But well, I, have, I, I don't I know. Have, we have some that do. We have we have people because I don't judge. I don't have. No, I don't no, have I, enough time in my life to judge what you're doing at home. It's just not my problem. No, I get man. that. I'm saying, but I don't know why anyone would go to a church and take any sort of sacrament or communion or participate in any way, shape, or form if they already didn't somewhat believe right and if they're already looking for acceptance in a group right if you don't go to i don't think you go as someone who doesn't go to church i wouldn't just go to a random church and then take sacrament i just wouldn't do that yeah well it's and an irrational behavior sense. in my mind but when when people show up that's why we we always make that announcement that we have open communion yeah i heard that today that was good. And, I, and i don't say as long as you are not committing any of these sins, you can come forward and have communion. That's not my problem, man. That's a laundry Here, list. I'm yeah, sure. that that would be a laundry list. <laughs> it, a and lot, you know, you know who would have the big laundry list? Me, the pastor up front. I, I would have the laundry list of, of issues I have. Yeah. Man, I deal with all kinds of things myself. I deal with anger issues all the time. Mm-hmm. I deal with uh, uh, judgmental issues all the time. I deal with a lot of things. And the one thing about communion, it gives me, you see a couple of things there take place. Is one, when we get to that point of sharing the peace, mm-hmm. okay? And I say, and make sure you share the peace. You know, we shoot out into the audience and we, if we got a problem, I got a problem with you, brother, I come up and say, peace be with you. I right. need some peace between us before I, I meet the Lord. Right. Okay. And the other thing that happens is even before I can give anything, I make sure that if I've had a beef with anybody or anybody I think has a problem with me, I will go up and see if we don't need to work it out. Right. And that can determine uh, quite a few things because I, uh, that's what it's supposed to be. It's about, about sharing in love. It's not about, um, hey, man, I'm worried about what you have for a sin issue in your life. That ain't my that ain't my problem, man. I, I that found between you and Jesus. That's that's who's gonna work out your stuff. It ain't gonna be old Pastor Bert standing at the front. It was it was really unique for me to sit there today and watch this all unfold as someone who doesn't go to church. Right. Because it so the elderly women in the congregation are very outgoing, very welcoming, and mm-hmm. very friendly. They're nice. more like, Hi, hi, nice to see you. Thanks for coming. Like friendly. Right. Instantaneously welcoming. Oh, yeah. You felt like you belonged. Yep. The men, if they're, there's a lot of men there, and not all of them were confident in who they are. Right. As themselves. Right. And they wear that like a veil. Mm hmm. So when it came to, you know, saying hi and shaking everyone's hand. Right. People looked at me and they were like, no, I'm, gonna, no, I'm not going to shake that. <laughs> they were a little apprehensive. Hey, about, I, I, and, and I don't always look like the most approachable human being. Well, I, I, I don't either, unless I'm wearing that white collar. Yeah, that white collar like, probably helps a lot. Like, oh, 
He's a nice guy. If I if I'm working, so I work in a, in the hospital, and if I'm wearing scrubs mm-hmm. and a stethoscope around my neck, and well, then you're okay. Then I'm much more approachable, right? But if I'm wearing a Carhartt shirt and a pair of sunglasses, I right. look like I want to stab you. And I, it's not, I don't. It's just how I look. It's right, right. I was supposed to be made in the, what in, in Christ? <laughs> is this this is what Christ looked like? He's scaring a lot of people. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, he did freak out some people. Yeah, he you know? does. But I just thought I found it to be quite funny when I was shaking everyone's hand at that moment and turned right. around and the women in the pew were walking. Hey, good to see you. Thanks for coming. Tonight. And then the guys were like, Oh, hi, <laughs> a little hi. timid. Well, and you know, and that, that just might be their personality. It very well could be. And, uh, you know, cause you have some in there that are just very mentally men and mm-hmm. you know, it all depends. They're yeah. humans. Man. No, I wasn't, I wasn't no, no, I get doing it. the judgment thing. I was saying I, it was an observ- more observational as to say, that was kind of funny to see. Right. Well, you know, on the on the thing about uh with with the separation between us and the other church, it became down uh more to things such as uh recognizing the Trinity. And okay. it became down to recognize the resurrection of Jesus Christ as well as um uh, acknowledgement of Cody, how would you put it? I'd put it to where they were more about us acknowledging that the Bible is a fact. Yeah. And yeah. that that became some very that the very, Bible is the inerrant word of God. Right. Now, now the whole thing is we get down to where when people, and I deal with this all the time at the mission, is what we do is we get down to people and they start going, well, that's according to your opinion. I'm like, no, no, that's just what it says on the page. There ain't no opinion involved. That's what the sentence read. Mm. Well, that's your opinion of what it meant. No, no, I'm reading it in the text, in the context, and this is what it means. And unfortunately, what people do with the Bible all the time is they do start throwing their own interpretation of the Bible in there. They yeah, start for going, sure. Hey, man, I, you know, this is what it says. Um, but good is good, and evil is evil. That is a reality. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> the other thing we have to remember as human beings is that we have this tendency, this huge tendency to where. Uh, at least I'm not as bad as that guy. You'll rationalize your idiotic behavior. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and the truth is, is that most of the time what we have going on with us is we don't need to, we don't need to, uh, come to the conclusion that I I'm better because I'm better than this guy. What I need to do, I just got to be better than what I was yesterday. And there really isn't any ladder climbing. I will agree with that when it comes to a guy by the name of Gerhard Ferdy, where he says, you got to be careful that you don't start trying to climb the ladder to become something more. What you need to do is start being who you were meant to be. Yeah, makes sense. And and Christ didn't die to create you into this newer version of yourself. I mean, you were created with this this incredible stuff i mean one of the greatest lies that we tell our children you can grow up to be anything you want oh yeah and then they go well i i never became the fireman i wanted to become i never became the police officer they start they start to judge themselves based on what they wanted as a child because mom and dad said i can instead of letting the child start to develop who they are i mean you just think about the whole school system right now 
I mean, the school system is trying to form and shape and, and mold you. And I mean, even when it was created, it was created with a factory mindset. Hey, you need to plug in this many hours in a day in order to be acceptable and approved. And not only that, you have a foreman. She's called the teacher. Right. And you are going to work from here to here. And the bell will ring and it's time to eat. And you had this much time to eat and come back, man. That isn't developing a human being. That's developing a dang robot. No, it's, it's a compliance issue. Absolutely. It, it's purely compliance. And that that is truly the enslavement of things. And see, and, and that's why my it, wife won't let me go to the school to defend my kids. <laughs> if there's a problem, she's like, "I'll take care of it. You're not you're not coming to the school." Oh, they, if there is a problem, and Keisha was involved, you could hear my bike coming three blocks away, and Christy go, "Here he comes!" Yeah. Yeah, and they, they, you'd see people scattering in the school system. It's going to end poorly. I had to pick up my kids a couple months ago. I had to pick up my kids. And my wife wasn't going to do it. I, so I went to pick up the kids and I didn't know because I don't do it every day. I didn't know that there's a new system in place. And the new system is you have to have the kids number. They're issued a number and it's on this piece of paper. So when you pull up into the lane of cars to pick up your child, children, because my kids go to a they don't go to the public school that we go to a charter school. Right. And at the charter school, there's no buses. So everyone's being either dropped off and walked up to the front door or in the pickup line, you're being picked up by your parent, right? Or a family member that's authorized to pick you up. Well, there's a number associated with it. I was unaware of this number. My wife, in her infinite wisdom, didn't notify me of this number. Yeah. And I knew I didn't have any paperwork, so I just walked up to the, the pickup gate, which was what it was the previous year. And I'm standing there with all the other parents talking to do my thing. And this lady walks up to me and she goes, uh, can I help you? I'm like, nope, you can't. She got offended by that. So she went and got the vice principal. And the vice principal was, I'm the vice principal of this school. Is there anything I can help you with? Uh, no, you can't help me either. I'm just here to get my kids. Well, uh, what number? I have two of them. Thanks. I'm here to pick up them both up. I don't know what your freaking problem is, lady. Now, Everyone's scared of me. Did I do anything wrong? No, I did nothing wrong. I've done nothing. I've said nothing rude, derogatory, mean, or insensitive. And yet, I'm now the problem. Because I've not been informed of the rules (laughs) on how to pick up my own. I'm like, I can identify my kids. Yeah. Now, flip that around. Be the teacher. And you don't know what's transpired in this family relationship. And maybe the dad is not supposed to be picking up the kids because there's some domestic issue. Right, right. So it's well within their rights to ask this of me. This right. num- they have every right to ask of this number from me. However, I don't know. No one talked. They just asked a question, but they didn't explain themselves. So what it boils down to is there was no communication between the two parties. I was saying, no, you don't need to help me. Instead of being like, well, I'm here to pick up my kids. My name's this and blah, blah, blah. Like, I could have just given them all the data. Right. But I was pissy because I was picking up my kids. And I'm tired and I'm moving on. I'm going to get my kids, you know, just grundle, grundle, you know, being grumpy bear. But they also could have said, oh, well, maybe you haven't picked your kids but we need to have a, a there's a number associated with your children. Um, do you have that number? If not, let's just, you know, do it this way. None of that was communicated. So now it turned into this huge animosity, kind of their anger. So my wife, I finally get the kids. I get them home. I get them. I show them my ID. get them home. And my wife's like, oh, my gosh. I didn't get. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be horrible. So she frantically the next day goes to the school to apologize for me. 
Right. I'm like, you should be apologizing for you. <laughs> yeah. You didn't give me the data. I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> but instead, she goes and apologizes for me because I'm this evil human being that was trying just trying to pick up my children. I get that they were concerned about the kids and they have every right to be, but there needs to be a two-way communication, a give and a take. So when it comes down to being mistaken for being angry or upset when I'm not, like that happens. Well, on a on a regular basis. So let's throw let's throw that into a situation here with looking at a person that knows the Bible and a person that doesn't. That's what I'm saying. So, so there, there is, there's chunks of information. I mean, just like you said, you guys know all of these things. You do. You guys know all of the, the people, the background, the history, right, the right, whys. Right. So when, when uh, we're able to, on occasion, uh, what we're able to do is, is we're able to share that information with people when uh-huh. it's necessary, but we do have a problem within the church body of not sharing it at the right amount or at the right time. So people are like, I don't know, those guys are all jerks. They wouldn't let me, you know, whatever, hang out or or whatever the right. case is. But most of the time, the reality is what um, we don't, it, this is one of the problems with Christianity altogether. The only thing separating us from in Christianity is English. <laughs> right. Because we're all saying things, but they don't mean the same thing. No one's yeah. listening. <clears throat> no, no. Everybody has an opinion. Correct. And they want to be heard. Oh, no one's absolutely. hearing them. And, and, well, because you're stepping on my opinion, and I don't <laughs> like your opinion, and so now I'm not listening to you. But, you know, when it comes down to it, when we start thinking about things such as... We start thinking about how could we learn to communicate better. The very first thing we do is maybe listen. Yeah. As opposed to jump in. I mean, I, I'm going through classes right now in uh in for the Lutheran church. And the greatest frustration is I do not know what they mean by what they are saying. Now I get it. When I hear the word "law," I, I have that set in my head of what that means. They mean something completely different. Yeah, but when you hear the word "law," you are probably like most people who have had a historically adversarial relationship with oh, with that with, law enforcement. With law enforcement. Well, that's true. So but that's not the law I'm thinking. No, but but I'm, I'm saying. When, about, but like, when you hear the word "law," you the hair on the back of your neck stands up yeah maybe. yeah you're you're figuring okay here's here's part of the problem this now is what's going to narrow construct i can't even develop anything out of it right it's, it's been locked down for me that's well, what it is and that is what it sounds like they're always saying but see i come from uh an education on biblical from the biblical sense right. is what i see the law as an opportunity it is not something I can climb, but it's things that help keep me from going in the ditch all the time. It's the little markers here that says, hey, are you doing this? Bam, you're in the ditch, man. You better get back on the road. Because I'm going to tell you one thing for positive. For every one mile of road, dirt yeah. road, you got two miles of ditch. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Right. <laughs> and you can end up in the real religious one, which ends up just before you get to heaven, drops you off in a cesspool. <laughs> And you could be in the devil's one that looks like the right one's also going to heaven, and it just stops short and you don't go anywhere. I mean, that's just the way that works, right? Right. So, uh, you know, when they're here, it's it's just been a real struggle to listen to this. But on the other end, 
is uh, as I started to back up and going, okay, Bert, let's just slow down here and take a minute. How can I learn to communicate with these people better? And in in doing that, I'm starting to get, okay, I get the grasp of what they're saying. Um, problem whenever you're, whenever you have any, what do you, what would you call them, Cody? All the academics, right? Uh, the big theologians. <clears throat> yeah, the great theologians. You know, when I used to sit around a smoke pot mm-hmm. and um, talk with my biker buddies and we were talk, we would talk about these deep things, man. <laughs> I mean, totally. Mm-hmm. This is how we could cure the whole planet. <laughs> right. You know? And that's what I, half the time when I'm listening to them, I'm like, that's, I, I look to see if there's any smoke rising between the two of them, like, <laughs> passing anything around, because I'm like, hey, that's really deep. But, but that does not really have anything to do with what we're talking about today, boys and girls. When I was a bar manager years ago in a small little bar here in Wyoming, we used to say that we solved all the world's problems by closing. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Because people would come in with whatever issue and enough alcohol and conversation and you will have solved it. Oh yeah. So our joke was that every, every government agency should just start drinking in the morning and then they would solve the world's problems before the well, end of the day. I, I think out of, I think they do because I can't remember. It's like 82 of them got arrested last year for DUIs. Yeah, a bunch of them, right? But I don't think they were doing it at the right times. They no, could have been doing they, it right before they voted and like actually came up with some right answers. But anyway, I digress. I was just... No, I think that's actually a sound deal. I think that's why they're starting to uh, do things like legalize marijuana everywhere is because they're like, maybe this will cure the problem. <laughs> or at least we'll get some taxes off of it. Yeah. <laughs> And then money. You, well, that's money. why. Have you driven in Colorado? I have not recently. No. Okay, I'm going to tell you, it's always under construction. And when you go along, it says potholes. And I'm like, <laughs> what the heck are potholes? And then I realize, oh, this is where the pot money goes is in those holes. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're constantly uh, making sure they're working. That's so they're, funny. Yeah. So that's that changes what the word pothole means. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so, you know, you, there true. again, it's it's a phrasing thing, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, right. it's a communication issue. You know, I, I told uh, when I was talking to the ministerium the other day, which is this group of pastors that get together every Tuesday. And I told them, well, you know, communication is an issue and I'm struggling with it. And they said, OK. I said, well, let me tell you what. I had a pastor write uh, text me the other day and I said, hey, do you want to meet me at Barbarian Coffee? Right. Mm -hmm. And he goes sick. And I'm like, so what do you think he means by that? And I'm talking to a bunch of people that are probably well over 60 to 70. Correct. Probably. And they were like, I, I don't, I don't know. Does it mean that it's (laughs) bad? Does it mean that it's good? I said, well, you know, I happen to know this guy. So I know that sick means good. Right. Right. So, I mean, we, we do this stuff and we torture ourselves. And the same thing is true with Christianity. Uh, what we end up with in all these situations is we think that there's this standard that we got to to live. Now, mm. you were raised somewhat in the Mormon church? or where, No, I was, tell, I was raised me. Lutheran. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I didn't know there was five. I, I was raised in the Lutheran church. I didn't even know there was seven million levels of there is. It, it is. And some, you got to know good. I even, I even you got to know good kung fu to go, get to the next level I, I of know. Lutheranism. I, I, I joked about that the other day. I said I need some extra money because my family's been kidnapped by ninjas and I need money for karate lessons. Yeah, you know? yeah that is a good idea, man. <laughs> but I was raised, my, my father and there is all German. My grandmother was from Germany and German Lutheran family. So oh, yeah. 
She, you know, you know why I like being a Lutheran? Huh? They drink beer. Yeah, right. He said, "Oh yeah, they the, do." Oh, my okay. dad could put away the beer. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that dude, he turned. They turned old Milwaukee's into old Schmells. Oh wow! Took my last name Schmell. He says old Schmell. <laughs> old so, Schmells. Old yeah. Give me one of the old Schmells. Like the guys would come over and just drink. And I, at like six years old, I knew how to rotate the beer fridge. I mean, it was bad. They drank a lot, dude. I'm a lot. Of it, beer. <laughs> that isn't that isn't good beer. That's that's it's cheap just, crap beer. But they uh, pounded it like it was water like it was bottled water and bottled water wasn't a thing but it could have been if it was <laughs> if, old milwaukee if it was old milwaukee which <laughs> i mean it's close right it's similar yeah, yeah right <laughs> it has the same effect really so, yeah you know and that's one of the things that separate out a lot of churches whether you could drink beer or not yeah that's probably true yeah so. but i'm just saying I, I was raised in the church i started in catechism and i went through i think i was 14 because i was a freshman in high school mm-hmm. and started going through all the lessons and the lectures and then i got in a verbal altercation and argument with the pastor of the church and was never back at the church again. We never went after that. Mm. So then my grandmother, my, my mom's side was Mormon staunch, like, you know, instead I wouldn't call her Bible thumping. I'd call her book of Mormon thumping, but you know, 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 I get it. I get it. They were, they were all about, my mom was left the Mormon church for the Lutheran church. My dad, I was baptized in the Lutheran church at a, at, birth pretty much you know i was yeah, yeah. i have pictures of it i obviously don't remember it because i was you're a baby. hours old or whatever the hell it was you know no. oh, they, days they or weeks usually, old they i usually was, give you a couple of months six weeks yeah, yeah. whatever yeah, before I mean, we dunk your head in there we're like yeah, get in there and get baptized yeah make sure you can breathe before we unbreathe you so yeah <laughs> it's suffocation <laughs> it's a death thing man it's i know it's, it, a death it's a thing but so like i say i i argued that my grandmother was going to heaven because he was saying that only the good Lutherans go to heaven. And I so would, that's what I was learning at the time. Granted, right, I, I right. mean, this perspective is from a, I was a 14 year old kid. Right. Being and my grandma had just passed and I'm being told that she's not going to heaven yeah. because she didn't go to my church. Yeah. And I, was, that, that and I already knew it, how it works, man. I already knew at 14 that she was a pretty cool person. She was going to heaven. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know what I mean? The, like I wasn't going to let him dictate. I'm mean, who I, I literally was like, who are you to tell me? Right. Who's going? Like, right. You, you don't know, have all that authority. You know, that is a problem that you run into with a tremendous amount of Christians is that they have this tendency. They think they have all the information. Yeah. But, you know, um, I'm not in control of what God does. The difference between taking in a breath and your last exhale because you've been around enough dying people, I've been around enough dying people, is that what happens is they draw in a breath and they let one out. Now, in between that, I don't know what all God can do, but I know he's not restricted by time. No. And I know that he's not restricted by numerous things like our arrogance, our thought process, etc. So I don't even know, you know, with whoever and whatever, uh, as much as people say, hey, they, they couldn't have been saved. Hey, you don't know what happened then. Right, because the Lord steps in in all types of things. Yeah, and we have this tendency that we, uh, you know, we're made in the image of God when we're baptized. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, before that, we're made in the image of Adam because we're we live in a, in this sin fallen world. And the reason I say that is because we all have this tendency that we blame everybody else for our problems and God. And that's how I know you're connected to Adam, right? Right. Because you're like, oh, the woman whom you gave to be with me, this is your fault and her fault. None of them is my fault, right? Right. And when we act like that, um, that's, how we, I, that's how I know where a person really is standing in that moment. 
Okay, so then I need to work them through on the other side because it, when you are born again into Christ, what happens is then you start to take on some of your own responsibility. This is my junk. Mm-hmm. This is my junk. This yeah. is who I am. I got some. I got some junk, and that's that part of thing where where when you do go to church and you take communion, uh, that you are you're consuming a, a broken body of Christ, in which helps to set you free. Mm-hmm. And then you're consuming the blood, which helps to align you in the new covenant. Okay, and uh, so those things become rather important. Shut the glass. I thought I thought the shot glasses were a little small. I'm just kidding. And no, no, I I had to cut them back to half shots because they're Lutherans, dude. It, I was just spending too much on the Mogan David. I, I was spending too much on the Mogan David. They yeah. it got to where when I was strolling into the liquor store, they were like, "What are you they're doing?" Like, Yo, Pastor Bert, what up? You want to do you want a double case this time? I'm like, no, just one case will get me through this weekend. I'm totally kidding. I thought it was just, I was, you know, because sitting there from the perspective of someone who doesn't go to church is like, oh my gosh, we're all going to do shots. This is awesome. No, no, we're not one of those churches that have Jesus snacks, okay? It's better than Scooby snacks. No, yeah, man. I mean, when you, the thing is, we, is that is one of those things that that with the Lutheran church, they take very, very serious. And, you know, when you get into Anglicans, you start getting into several of these other. And they're they're very interesting. I mean, even like the Coptic churches, uh, the Egyptian Christians, they have like this incredible thing where they set up for how they even pick the bread that they're going to do. Oh, it's a whole process. It is a process. It's a process in, in even baking it there at our church. Oh, wow. I mean, it, there there is a specific person that handles that. And they are made a specific size yeah. with a cross in them. <laughs> and it, and it's done that way, not because uh, not because it it has to be, not because it's biblical. It's because it works best for us to serve it. Mm-hmm. Because then, when he, the way that the cross is set up, it breaks into nice quarterly pieces, nice. and we can kind of you know, Cody and Blindly I we're handed out. Yeah, we're down there handing them. You see us on occasion look up and go, okay, hand out a little smaller pieces of Jesus. <laughs> or you're like, oh, we're getting close to the end. Hand them bigger chunks. Here's more Jesus, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, there is some of those things yeah, that happen in there. Fair enough. And, uh, but, uh, and then you have people that, um, you know, where they have struggles through with this, that, or the other uh, physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we make sure that we provide stuff for them as well. I, I like there was a gluten-free option that made me laugh. There was there has to be a gluten free yes. option. And there has to be an alcohol free option. An alcohol free option, a gluten free option, and a nut free option. Like No, no, we don't we I don't think we had nuts in anything, do we? No, no but I'm I'm just saying. No, like, I mean it, because it's, you know even my kids can't well, have like peanut butter at school because everyone's worried about Right. Well, oh, yeah. you know, that's how that's how we're going to get overthrown as a nation. Well, yeah, because we don't need gonna, guns. We just need peanut butter. Yeah, just pe- <laughs> peanut butter and a tortilla, man. They fling I, that into you. Oh, People dude, scatter, scatter all over. It, I mean, that is how you clear a mall. Yeah, work, okay? work boots, peanut butter, and tortilla. No, You're going to be done. You, man, no yeah. one will. <laughs> They're like, no, I don't want any of that business. <laughs> right. Yeah, man. You, that That's what takes society down, bro. <laughs> takes society down. <laughs> I love it because it's it was just funny to be an outsider looking in today. Right. You know, it gave, it gave me a very, I don't know, nuanced and different perspective. Right. I mean, I've obviously been involved in churches and I, my 
wife's family. They're all uh, what we call them twice a year Catholics. They're oh C- no, they're CEOs, 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 yeah. CEOs because Christmas, it's Christmas and Easter's, yeah, Christmas yeah. Easter only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go with my squirrels. So yeah, yeah right. I'm with you. I'm the it, the good sit stand kneel sit stand kneel sit stand kneel. Ah oh, man, and then oh. leave. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of calisthenics. Catholic calisthenics and, yes. and Lutheran calisthenics are very similar. Yeah. Um, you know, the reason you stand and sit so much is because they don't want you to fall asleep when they're talking. Right. I know. I mean, they, they've got to keep emotion going. No, it was know? it was good. I loved it. It was yeah. just they, it was kind of cool to be on the but, outside. But I want to kick this out. Catholic churches and Lutheran churches have the oldest people in them. Why? Because they've been doing calisthenics all these years. <laughs> That's true. Okay. I was thinking that because the lady in front of me, you could see that she was, you know, kind of struggling to stand, but she'd hold the pew in front of her to stand right. up. And I was thinking, like, if I was working at the hospital, I don't know that she would go through physical therapy and do that. <laughs> but she's right. doing it here. Right. right. In physical therapy, my physical therapist would have to really fight her to do it. Oh yeah, they'd be arguing. No, man, man, you need to stand. We need to work on your your strength and your stamina. Like there would be an argument, right? And then I would be, you know, I'm cardi- I treat cardiovascular disease, so I would be saying things like, "Well, your blood pressure will get better if you're moving more." Like, right. yeah. so I would be having this discussion. But at the church, she was more than willing to. Then oh yeah, participate in the calisthenics. Of- okay, so go on with your family yeah. and the and the Catholic thing. Oh, well, no, I just, it's kind of funny because I've been to the Catholic church. I've been to the Lutheran church. I dipped my toe in the Mormon church for a while when I was younger, 18. But I've never really found, I don't know if you'd call it your group, but I've never found like a, a whole a thing that encompasses what you need. Yeah. But but I, I want to kick A specific out, belief structure. Maybe. I, I want to I kick something out to you on that. Is, you know, so many people, they look for, what am I getting from a church? Well, you need to really honestly look for is where is a place in which I can serve? Okay, where mm-hmm. you bring a skill set mm-hmm. into a church to where when you show up, uh, you actually have something in which you can produce into that church. Because um, a church shouldn't be about what you receive out of it. It be, should be about what you can pour into it. Fair enough. And, uh, you know, so unfortunately, too many people get into where they're worried about pouring in money. They're worried yeah. about pouring in enough Sundays. They're worried about pouring in things like that. Now, man, there, there's like so much. I mean, just like even what we're doing right now, this is how we pour into the church. And the other thing is, is, is to cease to look at the church as one collection of people. Because I'm going to tell you, in the book of Revelations, it says every tribe, every tongue, and every nation— Okay, every mm-hmm. tribe, every tongue, and every nation—not every church, every congregation, and every denomination. Okay, okay. So we've got to start to look at how to be more interdenominational than non-denominational. Okay, because when we when we find that hey, this week what I need to do is be in here at this church, and this week I need to be with these people, mm-hmm. we can start kind of shifting where we are with things. The key thing is to start to develop a better relationship with Christ. It isn't about church. It is about your relationship with him. Because one of the things that I know with me uh, over over the years is dealing with um, a couple of things. A, looking at acceptance from people. Let me close that door, Cody. 
is uh, is uh, acceptance from people, which was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. The other thing is to start um, looking at things to deal with uh, a, uh, things that I had developed in my side. I mean, like when I put my book out. Yeah. I mean, you want complete paranoia? <laughs> write a book about your life. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And when you start hanging, and you're going, hey, I'm not even going to tell any them any class a felonies <laughs> I, I i was okay i read the book I, I read it the other day and then i read it again to make sure i didn't miss anything and i was telling my wife because my wife read it and she i think called you yeah like, she did we had a talk big long talk about it yeah because she's so my my wife didn't know all the terminology she used the glossary extensively in oh, the back good. of the book yeah you need to i if didn't i knew it Yo, yeah. i knew the terminology because i good. even though i didn't live in that world i I follow it. I, I enjoy it. I'm right. interested in it. Right. So I knew. I knew a lot of the terms. Anyway, so that whole lifestyle. I was like, I burned through the book, read it again, and I was kind of laughing because I said, so early on in your book, you talk about a lot of things happen, but I'm like, if this was a movie, <laughs> the it would be a five minute. The whole chapter would be a five minute scene. Yeah. And it would literally be like flashcards of a life. Right. They're, they're bullet points. They're, right. You didn't go deep. I didn't. And, and I, I th- didn't on purpose. <laughs> I didn't on purpose. I figured as much. But I'm. But people need to understand the book's amazing because it really highlights. I think it's good that it doesn't go deep. Like right. You don't spend four chapters on you being 12. Like that, right. can, that can become annoying. Annoying. Yeah. Quickly. And the pace in which it moves, it, like I read it in a couple hours. Right. You know that, I mean? That's the way I designed the book. Yeah. No, it was very conversational, I would right. call it. I call it a bathroom book. It's <laughs> You can knock it out through four, going to the bathroom yeah. four times. Or once, if you don't mind your legs going to sleep. Yeah, like, that's right. That's right. It's like, <laughs> I can't rolling. feel my feet, but I'm almost done with this right. chapter. I can't stand, but I'm good. Someone's going to have to help me get out of here. I'm stuck in the bathroom. So it was awesome. But I realized that what you were able to do is you changed, at least from my perspective and what you wrote, tell me if I'm wrong in this assessment, is that you were you were a leader of your bicycle or your motorcycle club. Bicycle. My Schwinn. Your Schwinn bike club. Get on your Schwinns and roll, boys. Yeah, but I, well, when you were a young kid, you were a leader of the kids. Yeah. On bicycles, yep. which transitioned to motorcycles, yep. and you were a leader of the motorcycle club yep. here, the motor, and, and then you transitioned to being a leader in the church. That is correct. So what I find ironic is that as men, we searched out acceptance and approval from other men, mm-hmm. whether it's approval of men that we should be getting acceptance from or approval of men that we desire to have it and never achieve it from like a father's. A lot of times men will seek approval from their father and their father's never approving of them. Like, right. We'll beg for that approval. And our dads will be like, you still suck. Yeah. Because you're a horrible human being. And you're like, son of a bitch. And you'll try better or whatever. Right. So what I found from reading the book is that you had acceptance from your friends as a young kid. Right. Irrespective of what you did, right? They accepted you. True. And so there was no repercussions. And then you had acceptance from the club, right? And they backed you 100%. Absolutely. Until you changed and did something that they didn't understand. That is right. It's not that they didn't agree with, because I can't say they could agree with it because they don't understand it. See, how do you agree with something you don't understand? Right. They didn't understand what you were doing and mm-hmm. they couldn't wrap their head around why you were doing it. 
And so they were sort of feeling abandoned. So they instantly shunned you or sort of mm-hmm. abandoned you, turned their heads to you. Mm-hmm. And you found acceptance of yourself mm-hmm. through Christ. Absolutely. At the end, by the to- by the totality of the book, you were seek- you'd been seeking acceptance all this time. I don't know that you knew that you were seeking it. I don't think that I really understood that, but I, I one thing for absolute sure is that I was in in I always felt like I needed to live up to what my older brother was. Ah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And trying to live up. And so if I could just be that and I climbed. But, you know, the one thing with Christ is that what happened is I became comfortable in what I was always created to be. Yes. and In your I, own skin. Absolutely. And, it, you know, naturally leading people a direction. Yeah. Uh, that is something that, that is a gifting. And that's why I say that so often you have... Um, parents that say you could be anything you want Mm -hmm. instead of why don't you become what you were intended to be and then start to let the kid develop that and you know the one beautiful thing that i had with my parents is my dad definitely was one of those guys he was just if nothing else he was always there but he was hands off yeah he was more along the line of let's see where this goes right he would let you make a mistake Unless you were just really going to get yourself or somebody else hurt. Mm. Other than that, he kind of let you develop who you were. And I I know that that is extremely odd for parents to do. But my, my parents Not at were, the time. At the know, time, that was more normal, I think. Probably. Probably. Because I think it, in the 80s, we were all riding bikes and doing stupid shit, and our parents didn't know where we were. Right. And, and the, the whole thing is, you know, for the mistakes that they made along the way, I watched my dad at the end of his life say, you know, I I made some mistakes. I can't do nothing to fix them. Because my dad was never, ever headed into history. Okay, mm. He loved history. Right. And he loved to learn from it and progress. But he never, ever spent all day long going, look at how bad I screwed that up. He didn't live in the past. No, he just couldn't do it. No. And I think that, get, smart. I think that came from him not having a dad growing up. Okay. I could see that. Because his dad got killed when he was three. Okay. So he just always had to be his own guy. Right. So when we came along, he wanted us to be our own guy. Yeah, fair enough. And, uh, you know, my dad, like like I said at his funeral, I, I said, my dad never, ever preached a sermon, but he lived one every day. Mm. Because he was there for people. Right. And he, wa- he was there for his family. And he was there for what he saw as important. Right. And, you know, the key thing is, is that, it, you know... Uh, without diving too deep, he made some mistakes. Yeah, we all do. Yeah, he made Except some mistakes. Except for Cody. Cody's not made one. Co- Cody the doesn't rest of make all, no. all sorts of mistakes. <laughs> no, <laughs> let me tell you, when you hang out with Cody all the time, you start to realize um, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Does, I didn't know. No, I, he I don't. Okay, he actually this, lives Everyone should know this is the first day I've met Cody, and I can tell you that he doesn't make mistakes. No, I'm a pretty good judge of character, yeah. and I can tell you there's not a lot of mistakes. What he sees is a deep mistake. We all see as huh? perfection. <laughs> yeah. right? Whatever. Whatever, man. So what is your job at, at the church? What is your title? I don't have a title at the church, actually. Okay. His title is the seem- single guy looking for he's looking to mingle. <laughs> so <laughs> if any of you single Christian ladies out there would like to mingle with Cody, he's all like, check me out on fishing. 
Yeah, you can you can hit us up at info at the barbarian podcast dot yeah. com. And and That's he's email a, and info he, at the barbarian podcast dot com. Absolutely. So if you if you reach out, we'll hook you up with Cody. He's looking for a date any any <laughs> night of the week. He'll work around your schedule. <laughs> See, this this is uh this is better than Christian Mingle. <laughs> We're putting this out now. He may he may travel to other states, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, this is uh, up in the air and totally random, but yeah. fun at his yeah. expense. Yeah, it actually. is. Yeah. It is. He's three shades of red. Well, let, me, let me tell you out. something about Cody. He can sing. So if you were ever like, man, I really want a guy that can like stand up when he proposes to me finally, and yeah. he's going to belt it out in song. That's going to be that's, Cody. That's your guy right there, yeah. Cody. You're the one. So yeah. how how did you get started, Cody? How did you get started in the Lutheran church? Was it your family Lutheran? Oh, yeah. I was uh, born and raised Lutheran for most of my life. Um, I went to a couple other churches after when we, my family moved around a little bit. Okay. But um, for the most part, I was raised Lutheran. Okay. So that's why you know so much about it, because you've been in it for Oh yeah, years. Yeah. And I was actually a freshman in high school when everything started to go down in the ELCA. And, and that was like right when the NALC and the LCMC were really getting going because they were uh, basically splinter offs of the ELCA where okay. things had gone awry in the ELCA and people were starting to notice and wanting to exit out of that. And so um, that's how those two congr- or two church bodies were formed. And, and- how how I see that in my head, just so you guys know how twisted my brain works. So the movie Anchorman, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Anchorman with Ryan. We have. Yeah, there's a couple sound files in this little new system we've got set up here. But in Anchorman, they have this big fight between all the networks. Well, that escalated. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, right. we got, we got to have quickly. that one. Yeah, I think we have it. I don't know it's in, where it's at in there, but it's in the file somewhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see. Boy. That escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. And that is... I mean, that really got out of hand fast. <laughs> it jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? <laughs> so uh, that scene when they're fighting, I see, like, the five different groups. Of oh, <laughs> dude, I'm thinking as, it went down very similar to that. <laughs> oh, man. Cody, Cody ex- be real. Be real and tell so us. so quickly. I mean... Th- right. That's how I'm seeing this in my head. I don't even know. You're just describing it to me, but that's what I visualize when you're telling me. So I mean, the listener we, can hear. So with the ELCA, they had... The National Youth Gathering in 2009 that I went to, um, by August, you had churches up in arms wanting to leave the ELCA. I mean, we're we're, we're talking torches and pitchforks, no joke. They're like, ah, we will burn your stuff to the ground. It's like, and seeing everybody always takes this to mean uh, it was all about a single subject is the way they would like to perceive it. Oh, yeah. But that is not a truth, man. There was, it 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 got very complicated very, very fast. But it It sounds like there was a whole lot of caveats to begin with that they had let slide, and there was finally a straw that proverbial broke the camel's back right oh yeah yeah and i think all once that happens now like when you fight with your spouse and i could say this because i have a spouse and i i argue with her on a regular basis because she tries to put me in my place and i don't allow it until i get put in my place and then i'm like i was wrong you know (laughs) but at the time i argue and so i'm hungry right (laughs) right i can't even feed myself where's my socks like it's a problem yeah (laughs) where's my clothes why is my laundry not but when you when you argue, you'll bring up 
old stuff that's been festering, even if it was supposedly resolved in the past. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, oh, yeah. how come your dad doesn't love you? Like, you know, just random stuff that has nothing to do with the argument just to argue it. So I can see these groups saying things like, well, 10 years ago on a Tuesday, we were at this meeting and you said <laughs> this, you know. Uh, that's kind of the way it was, man. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you guys giving me a little bit of a history lesson here on all this cool stuff, helping me better understand what's going on, and I'm I'm learning. Like every other person going to the churches, I'm learning. Right. Well, you know, and uh, the one thing with with myself, I've been to I've been to like 48 churches in this community. That's a lot of churches. In this it is for well, not being in no Bible you, you, Belt. Yeah, you think about Casper, Wyoming is I mean, about a total of you've got about sixty five thousand people living here. Yeah, okay? and there and when I say forty eight churches, I ain't get to all of them. That's that's what I'm saying. That's a lot for Wyoming. Oh yeah. Well, you we're know, not in East Tennessee. No, and all you need to do to start a church is you need a coffee pot and a complaint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So every gas station my, is a church. It sure can be, man. <laughs> you, it sure can be. And nowadays they have little coffee places that everybody meets all the time. Oh, it's a thing. Yeah. It's yeah. a thing. And so, uh, but you know, as I traveled around them, the reason that I did that was because I am at the jail. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I uh, bounced around and meet all the pastors, make sure they had my phone number, made sure, hey, you know, when one of your congregation finally loses their mind and ends up in jail, call me. I will go visit with them mm-hmm. or get a DUI or whatever. Right. Or they have, you know, you have grandma here and she's like, oh, my grandson's in. And you go, hey, I, I met a guy. I know a guy that can go talk to him. Yeah. And, and, and help him through some of his stuff. Right. And so. Give uh, him some guidance. Right. So when I, when I bounced around to all those churches, I got to tell you, the real difference between all of them is very small. There right. may be a different type of music. There may be a different type of uh, things, but uh, prayers or setups like that. But I mean. The underlying ideologies it's, are it's similar. All, it's all very much the same. And then when you, but what I have seen here in the last, I would say, since COVID. Okay. COVID messed a lot of stuff up. Oh, yeah. We now can do we're, that next we're, podcast. We'll talk about that. Yeah, we're definitely doing a, COVID, a post-COVID era in the church. And when I say doing a post-COVID era, I mean just the mentality of people being at home and doing church online and looking all over. And they come back with some whacked out stuff, man. I mean, to where you're like, where did that come from? I I would look at that as an opportunity. Well, we do, but churches were formed out of it. That's fine. I mean... Where you're like, uh, I secretly have always wanted to form my own church because I need a tax shelter. I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> we can hook you up. I know a guy. No, no, I, totally I, I, we'll put you through a little education. <laughs> we'll start an NALC church down there. You yeah. get to wear the white robe, it. man. Oh, no, I don't want the white no, robe. No, you need the no. robe. The robe rocks. Pinstripes, man. It's all things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That that oh so you're gonna be Hebrew root yeah yeah there you go that, there you go they get they get the pinstripes they get the pinstripes yeah, okay that works cool. I'm you look very pharisaical. <laughs> All right, well, are we gonna close this? Yeah, thing let's out? close this thing out. So, so what do we do for closing out, we, guys? I just want to tell you, Jesus loves you, and I love you, and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us. For questions or comments, please email us at info at the barbarianprophet.com.
The Barbarian Prophet is a registered trademark of Barbarian Media Group. Listening to this podcast may cause excitability, euphoria, and overall sense of happiness in the realization that you're not alone. Discontinue use if reddened skin or a rash develops. Side effects may include random hugging, crying out loud, smiling while alone, and happy crying combined with snot bubble development. Do not use during church service. No animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. Are you actually still listening? Seriously, we have nothing more to say except for that one thing that was really, really, really important, but let's wait until the next show for that.